Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. And welcome back. We're episode number 41, and the title of this episode is called You Are Enough. You Are Enough. And as odd as it may sound, I know for a fact that there are people that are listening to this podcast and you struggle with that that sentence because you don't feel enough and you feel like you're not enough. Um, and I say that with complete confidence because the person that's talking right now <laughs> has felt that he is not enough. I felt that I'm not enough. And I would continue to feel that way no matter what I would do for people, not what, no matter how I try to please people, until one day I realized that my value came strictly from Christ and Christ alone. My value was assigned to me by God, and it was given without, a, without anything that I had done on my part. And so as you listen to this podcast, you, know, you may be saying, I'm not enough, Dan. You don't understand. I'm just not enough. I failed this way. I failed that way. I failed in my job. I failed in my marriage. I failed with my kids. I failed in this and this and this, and I'm just not enough. And I'm here to tell you that you are enough, and your value is not dependent on your successes, and it's not dependent on your losses. Your value is dependent completely about what God has done for you, and God has made you enough, man. You are enough. There's nothing about you that is not good enough. God has put that there for you. And we're jumping right into Song of Solomon, chapter number four and verse number five. And I'm excited to talk to you about this one here because it's kind of this topic is kind of strange, but he's talking about her breasts and there's so much power in this passage. I can't wait to get to because the story of this is just, ah, oh, it's mind blowing. So we're going to blow the barn doors off, right? So we're going to jump right in there. Uh, Thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins, which feed among the lilies. And that's Song of Solomon, chapter number four and verse number five is day number 41. If you're in the Song of Solomon devotional, which you can get on Amazon, if you don't have that yet, I encourage you to get that. But uh, that's where that is. And that's where we're at with this. But he says, thy two breasts are like young rows that are twins, which feed among the lilies. Solomon is continuing to romance the heart of his bride. Remember we talked about this physical attribute. He keeps speaking affirmation into her physical appearance. And this, again, we're going to find out why. And when you see the big reveal, why was he? Why did he spend so much time on her physically? It's to counteract the lies. And any way, the only way to defeat a lie is to address it with the truth. And so Solomon is pouring truth after truth after truth after truth after truth into his bride, just like Jesus put truth after truth after truth after truth. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And he poured himself into our hearts. He poured himself into our lives. Why? It's because he said, I'm, I'm counteracting lies that we believe about ourselves, lies that we believe about God, lies that we believe about our relationship status with him. He says, I am here to, John 3.16 is proof positive that, the, that our value 
you was a lie, that our worthlessness was a lie. He said, I, for God, so loved the world, God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest love, the world, the greatest company, that he gave himself the greatest gift. He gave Jesus. He gave himself his son. He said, I'm giving my son to you. Why? To counteract the lie that you're not worth salvation. You're not worth redemption. You're not worth reconciliation. He said, you're worth all of that, so much so that I'm going to put my son on a cross. I'm going to die and shed his blood for you. Why? Why does he do that? Because I'm counteracting a lie. Jesus was there to show us the truth about our value to him. So he's talking to the, the brightest talk is, is being receiving this, these words from the, from the king and he speaks about her breasts. And he's continuing to romance the heart of his bride by calling her attention to the one place on her body uh, that she feels the most insecure about. Again, we'll find out why later, but it's the part on her body that delights him. And at the same time that he brings attention to a spot on her body that delights him, he's healing an internal wound. You know, this is so awesome to me that God doesn't just address the areas of our life that we're insecure about in that addressing it, in that noticing it, in that delight in our, in our lives, in that delight in us. He also heals internal wounds with us. So he speaks about her body in a way that draws her attention to an insecurity that she has carried due to the words she took in as the truth when she was younger. Man, I remember uh, one time I was stopping for gas at a gas station, right? And this guy uh, pulls up at the pump in front of me and he gets out and he tells me he's on his way to the hospital and he's giving me the same story. And I've heard this story from other gas stations that other, you know, people are on their way to the hospital and there's someone dying. They just, they need like 10 bucks to fill up. And really, you know, you just tell as the guy's talking, it's like, this is not, there's no truth in the story. And if I could unravel it in a, in a minute, if I just asked him a minute's worth of questions, we can unravel the story altogether. But instead, I just said, man, how much do you need? He said, I need $7. You know? Or he said, I said, how much do you need? He said, well, how much do you got? I opened my wallet. I said, I have $7. Like, I need $7. I'm like, it's a coincidence. Uh, you know, you need 7 bucks. I got 7 bucks. I said, you know what? I'll give you 7 bucks." And I said, what else do you need? And he's like, what? I said, like, what else do you need besides $7? So we, we took care of that one. Is there anything else that you need? And he said, I need a job. I said, okay. I said, what do you know how to do? He said, well, I know how to weld. I said, okay, so you need a welding job. That would, that would be a good thing for you. He said, yeah. I said, would that help your family? He said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, do you believe that if you ask, you receive? He said, well, yeah. I said, you asked me for money and you received that. So that should be proof to you that if you ask for something, you can get it. He said, yes. I said, you know what? Let's ask God. Would you be willing to ask God for a job, a welding job? He said, yes. I said, would you like me to do that? And he's like, yeah. I said, okay, let's ask God. I took his hand in my hand and I put my hand on other hand on his shoulder and I right there at the gas pump, I started asking God for a welding job for this guy. And as I'm talking to God, <laughs> he took, you know, this guy takes his hat off. He's had his hat in front of his chest, you know, and his head's bowed, my eyes are closed, his eyes are closed. And I'm just speaking out. And I started to speak over him as the Holy Spirit just sort of prompted me. And, and as you know, it's weird. It's kind of hard to explain this. And some of you listening will get this and some of you listening won't. And that's okay if you do or if you don't. But as I was praying for him to find a job and praying for his family, I had this vision. It's like a little picture in my mind of this adult, like this grown man, like yelling at this kid. And it was like this kid was being lied to about who he was. But he was believing it because the person that was yelling at him had authority in his life. And I began to speak against that. Like I began to say, I said, Father, this man, this Leroy, he has believed a lie. Like there's someone in his life that he valued and looked up to that has lied to him and told him things about himself and he's believed them. 
And he has made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision because he has lived a victim to lies that he believed and he took in his truth. And today, Father, today we break that lie. Break that lie over this break that lie over this man right now. In Jesus' name, we break, we sever that. And we replace this with the truth that he is a blood-bought child of yours. And that you don't leave your kids alone and you don't leave them abandoned and you don't you don't you don't cast them off. You care for them. And so I just lift Leroy, I lift your son up to you right now. I lift your child up to you. Maybe we're gonna pray, and as I begin to pray, Leroy just shook like his body began to just tremble, like like shaking. And we were done praying. He looked at me, just stared at me for the longest time. He just says, "Man, God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you." He gets in his car and he drives off and he and he pulls back around. He rolls down the window and he said, "God was here." Man, that's crazy. God was here. God bless you. You know, Leroy may go to the next gas station. He may have hustled somebody else for seven more dollars or however much he can get. It didn't matter. Jesus didn't say if someone asks you for money, you just give them only if they'll use that for good moral purpose. He said, if anyone asks, give. Give, because you're a picture of me. I'll give you money only if you don't buy alcohol. What if that's the one drink that puts them on the bottom that makes them call out to God? You just, <laughs> you know, you don't know what God's going to do. So it's not a matter of what he, what, you know, what's he going to do with the $7. It's a matter of this is God's child that doesn't know him yet. And God's reaching out and God puts you and I, like we talked about in last episode, he puts you like the tower, puts you right there and says, now be a tower of strength to someone who's weak in their mind. Be a tower of strength. But I promise you, no matter what happened with Leroy, he will forever drive past that gas station and remember that God met him there. God bless you, man. God was here. Man, God speaks to us. God draws her attention to this place that had insecurity. She took in these lies as a kid that her, that her body was inadequate and that her breasts were inadequate. And, and I began to look at this and, and began to do some research, right? I, I jumped onto a cancer awareness website and, and specifically looked at testimonies of women who have lost their breasts to cancer. And I looked at their testimonies of what they said about themselves. And they said, you know, the common thread that I saw as I read through this thing was that these people say, you know what, when I, after the surgery, I looked down and I just, I did not feel like I was a complete person. I felt like I was half a woman or I felt like I wasn't even a woman anymore. And the very thing that I felt um, gave me my, my sexy womanness. You know, my, the very thing I felt like defined me or helped me and my image was gone now. And I just, I felt completely cut in half. I felt like I wasn't a complete person anymore. And Solomon looks at her and he reminds her, you are complete. Colossians says, you are complete in him. He looks at us and he says, you are complete. There's nothing lacking about you. And the very things that you feel lack about you and you feel like you're not this, you're not that. And let me just tell you, God said, let me just tell you, Dan, you're complete in him. You're complete in Christ. And it is Christ that has made you complete. And you may not have love, okay? You don't have love to give to someone else. I've got love. I pour in. We love because he first loved us. I love that verse. It's not, I'm supposed to love God now because after all, he first loved me. Guilt, guilt, guilt. No, that verse says you're able to love now because God has poured his love into you. We love because he first loved us. I now have something to give out. My container has something I can pour out because something was poured into me. I don't have grace, Dan. No, God gave you grace. God poured his grace into you. You can now dispense it. I don't have very much mercy. I don't have very much patience at all. I just keep asking God for patience. I remember speaking at a, a women's home 
one time and the lady said it came afterwards for prayer. She's like, just pray God gives me more patience. I've been in this and this and this. And I said, you know, you do know trials work patience, right? So you're asking God to show you patience that he's given you in your life. And the only way he can show you what revealed to you the patience he's given to you is through trials. So let's stop asking God for patience and let's start asking God to reveal and open your eyes to an understanding of just how much God you got when you got God. <laughs> you know, let's stop. Let's just cut this crap, you know. Let's just start asking God to show you how much God you got when you got God. Because I promise you, he gave you everything that he is. That you are complete in him. When she was younger, man, her brothers would just criticize her body and make her feel so, so ugly and so horrible and so incomplete. They made fun of the size of her breasts. You're going to see that in chapter 8. They even come out with that that argument to Solomon and try and goad him with that of all the stupid stuff. And it, it's awesome. I mean, when Solomon just like John Wayne's them right there in the driveway. I'll get up, pilgrim, you know, knocks them down. Because, man, Solomon's all about truth. And so he hits them with the. But he's, he's telling her that she is complete and he finds her to be complete and lacking nothing. So when I read this verse, thy two breasts are like young rows. He didn't say thy one breast, thy two breasts are like young rows that are twins. What is that? It's such, it's, it's gentle. They're beautiful. Solomon's describing her body. You know, a, a, a little deer is not something that is, uh, that's horrible to look at. It's not something you want to be scared of. It's something that captivates you. You're like, man, that's really cool. That's why they put little deers on calendars, right? <laughs> he says, look, he says, your breasts to me captivate me. They calm me. They just, they stir me, man. I just, I love your body. He's telling her that, and it's awesome. So when God speaks to us, it is always for the purpose of revealing more about his heart for us. Man, God says, you're complete in you. Why is he telling me that I'm complete in him? To reveal more about his heart for me. You are complete in him. I want you to say this with me as you listen to this, this episode, wherever you're at, if you're in the car, if you're at, at the house, if you're just doing about your housework, stop for just a moment and, and, just, and just say this with me. I am complete. I am complete. Say it again. I am complete. One more time. I am complete. You are complete in him. The King of Kings has made you complete, and there is no power or person on earth who can change that fact. You may feel less than worthy, but you are not what you feel. You are every word of what his word reveals about you. You are enough, and God, God delights in you. Well, I don't feel like I... No, you're not what you feel. You're what his word reveals. God delights in you. Now, let me ask you this. What areas of your life challenge this thought? What areas of your life challenge that thought? Like when you think of this thing about God delighting in you, what is that one thing that stands up? Because and you're going to find out, I mean, she, this girl has done this to the king. She's said it to his face. When he put her in the chamber in chapter number one and verse number two or three, uh, what, what she said to him was like, I don't belong here. I'm not like the daughters. My skin is rough. And remember, he just came right behind her and affirmed her and said, man, no, you're this and you're that. You're not, you're not the tents of Cater. You're the silken tents of Solomon. Like he just like fed into her, said, look, this is what you are to me. So when you ask yourself, when I say the words like you are enough, and when you hear me say God delights in you, and part of you may have bristled because you said, yeah, but I got an abortion. Yeah, but I did this. Yeah, but I did this and I did that. And man, I hurt this person. I hurt that person. I have a wreckage, a, 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 a pathway of wreckage behind this ship. 
Like, you don't understand, I, I've, I've wrecked this, I've destroyed this person, I've got this marriage is busted, I, I did this or did that. Those things that stand up to you when you say, when you hear the words, God delights in you. I want you very quickly to focus on those. Those are those areas of insecurity that Satan has allowed words. He's allowed his words to get in there under that under the truth of God's delight. They've gotten in there under your skin and they've made you feel like this is not something you are. So listen, the Colossians where it says you are complete in him, that is God's equivalent of what Solomon was telling the bride when he said, I delight in your body. I delight in who you are physically. You stir me. God says, man, I made you complete. You lack nothing. Nothing. Yeah, but, yeah, but everybody's got a but. Some people's but is bigger than others. Yeah, but, (laughs) yeah, but God. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about that? God says, I delight in you. And my delight covers any flaw. I love it, man. Go back to episode. Take this podcast. Go back to episode like one, two, or three. Uh, you can find them on Podbean. Um, you can find them on uh, iTunes. Go back to episode one, two, and three. Go back to those earlier episodes when she brought these arguments up to God and he said, I frame you in. Like I frame your face with my glory and my grace. I frame who you are in with me. And when you look at the frame and you look at the silver and the gold that I provide, your eyes all of a sudden lose sight of the flaws that you feel you have. And if you ever feel dis from God. You're focusing on what you have done to you and you've taken your focus off what he has done for you. Love it. Love it. You are enough. God says you're enough. Man, this has been a blast. I love this passage. Song of Solomon chapter 4 and verse number 5. It, when you read this book, again, it's a melody, message, and lyrics thing, right? For the song. And so if you're reading Song of Solomon and you look at, oh, he said the word breast. Oh, you know, you look at that. Well, what you've just done is you focused on the, on the lyrics. You focused on the, the the melody of the song, but if you can get your mind into the uh, into that phrase, say, "God, teach me, Holy Spirit, teach me." What He does is He says, "Okay, between the lyrics and the melody of this song is the message, and the message is what makes this absolutely mind blowing." Bam! You're enough right there. Look past it, look past the words, and look what He's actually saying. You are enough man this has been awesome i cannot wait next episode next episode they are there this his words have won her over uh she gives that body that he's desired so much to him she gives it to him and we're gonna see what happens because of that and it's oh it's awesome so i can't wait to get back here with you (laughs) in the next episode i hope you have a fantastic day today make sure you smile today because people are hungry for your source they don't they don't need uh feel good stuff man people need to have the source that you have your source is christ they need the christ they need christ and the only way they'll get it some of the easiest ways they can get it is through your smile because when you smile because of something within you and when you give away your smile what you're actually doing is giving away your source People are starving for that. So give it away today. You got it, man. You got it. Give it away. God bless you. We'll see you back next time. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye now.